What are you doing? I noticed that when I drink, my mouth sounds wet, no matter what I say. So I'm trying to get all the wet out. <laughs> Please tell me you're I hit record. And woman, good hydration is key to a good voice and not having weird mouth noises. The fact that your mouth sounds wet means you're dehydrated. Okay, well, I'm not dehydrated right now, so let's hope my mouth doesn't sound wet. What was that accent that you put on? Ooh, all right, let's do this. This is going swimmingly. This is fine. Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and breathy. <laughs> yeah, breathy. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Breathing's hard, guys. Just don't sound wet. No, I don't plan to. So as you guys may or may not have picked up on, no, never mind. I'm not going to go into all that yet. It'll make sense in a couple episodes. However, I was challenged to do a story without any death. There is no death, but I do have to put out a trigger warning. So so clarification on the no death thing. If you're on our Discord, you know why. Didn't you put it in one of the episodes? No. Oh. I just cut it out and put it and posted it to the Discord. (laughs) But I do need to put a trigger warning because there's a spot where it gets pretty graphic. Dang it. Okay. But nobody dies. Oh my god. (laughs) But it gets pretty graphic. So as we get closer to that part, I'll make sure to give a heads up if you get squeamish with um gore type things fun you may want to turn away for a second yes or, or close a- thy virgin ears I was gonna <laughs> say, turn away because that will help with your hearing <laughs> turn your headphones away also if we're that loud in your headphones what are you doing oh well i listen to things really loud which maybe, you picked up on <laughs> maybe they're hard of hearing don't judge or they're going to be one of the two <laughs> So, Ash, yes. what is this terrifying subject in which people don't die, but yet it's still scary? It's not scary. I mean, we'll get there. started with a trigger warning. We never do that. <laughs> it gets graphic. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So we are going to be telling the story today of Aaron Ralston. I don't know that name. No? I'm worried that sounds familiar. I had no idea who this person was. And I'll tell you what I searched to find this person once we get a little deeper into the story. Oh, boy. But Aaron Ralston was born October 27th, 1975. 1975. <laughs> now, I do declare in Marion, Ohio, to Donna and Larry Ralston. Marietta? Oh. Marion, oh. Ohio, to Donna and Larry Ralston. Or When he was 12, his family moved to Denver, where he found his love of the outdoors. He went to school at Carnegie Mellon University, finishing with a degree in mechanical engineering and Ayo. French. What? And a minor in piano. Ralston worked as a mechanical engineer with Intel for five years, but found himself burned out by working for a large corporation. During his time as an engineer, he had built up skills in mountaineering, and in 2002, he quit his job to become a mountaineer and dedicated his time to prepare to climb Denali, which is the highest peak in North America. The Backyardigans have a song about mountaineers, and that's all that's running through my head right now, because my daughter loves the Backyardigans. 
I don't know that one. So I'll take your word for it. So Ralston began working towards his first goal of climbing all of Colorado's 14ers, which are the peaks that are over 14,000 feet altitude. There are 59 of them. So at minimum, it's 826,000 feet worth of climb that he was trying to reach. Why would you climb that much? Because that was his passion. You know what was invented? Planes. Uh, Escalators. Elevators. Take you to the top of a mountain. Vehicles do. Some mountains. But I I think this is fun. I do enjoy climbing mountains. Just I've never been adventurous enough to, you know, like not climb a mountain that was just an oversized hill in Georgia. (laughs) I was about to say that's just a rock. A big rock sticking out of the ground. Yeah, we have the Appalachia which is begins in Georgia, if I remember correctly, but like compared to what this is. Yeah, the, it's nothing. No. And the portion that's in Georgia is very mild, I believe, compared to where how it gets yeah, further small down. Potatoes. So not only did he want to climb all 14, uh, or excuse me, all of the 14ers, he wanted to complete the goal solo and in the winter, which had never been done before. Why? He wanted to push himself. I mean, kudos People knew he was doing this, right? Yes. He Well, right now he's just training for it. Okay. okay. So that was his goal is to get to where he could climb all of the 14ers. Can I just side note real quick? You and I have a mutual friend whose brother does a bunch of mountain climbing. And I think that's the coolest thing. And I wish I could just like jet set to go hike the Appalachian Trail. I mean, you could. Um, and you have a cousin who's done it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really cool. And I wish I could do that. You could. I could. But that requires motivation and dedication. Hey. I can't. Sage and Tales this month. We're motivation. Hun- we're Go climb a mountain. We're 21 episodes. And actually, that's mostly me and Ashley continue. <laughs> so in February of 2003, Aaron and his skiing partners, Mark Beverly and Chadwick Spencer, were caught in a grade five avalanche on Resolution Peak. Aaron was buried up to his neck in snow, and between the three of them, they were able to dig each other out. So I couldn't find pinpoints of exactly who's who, but one of them didn't actually get buried. He was able to get himself out. He helped unbury Aaron, and they went and unburied the third guy. No one was seriously injured. Is this the guy that uh, James Franco plays? This isn't, what, 46 hours. This is 46 hours. Motherfucker! (laughs) 127 hours, but yeah, it's way too long. <laughs> God damn it. You did not die. I Nobody had a dies. hunch this is what it was, <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm not going to be that person again who guesses it. <sighs> he did not die. <laughs> oh, and it does get graphic. So back to the avalanche. <laughs> portion but nobody was seriously injured however his friends no longer spoke to him after the aftermath why because he was careless okay well that would do it and had they taken like 10 extra minutes to look at the forecast they would have seen that the weather was pristine for an avalanche that day but he was just like yeah let's go do it and just threw their stuff on and went for it shit that sounds like something i would do but And this is probably why you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Except you would get stuck in your pantry. Yeah. (laughs) So just a few months later in April, Aaron went exploring in Canyonlands National Park in Utah. He spent the night in his truck and woke up the next morning, which was April 26th, to canyoneer alone through the Blue John Canyon. 
planning for a quick eight-hour trip, so it was 13 miles, excuse me, a 13-mile hike. He only brought a small rucksack with a liter of water, two burritos, a small bit of chocolate, a multi-tool, an assortment of ropes and clips, headphones, and a video camera. Only two burritos? Only two burritos. For an eight-hour hike? Yes. I feel like I need that to go to the grocery (laughs) store. (laughs) And a couple pieces of chocolate. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. You eat the burritos on the way, and when you get back in the car, you're like, man... Really, I'm still hungry. Eat the chocolate. No, the chocolate is what I convince myself to dust my house. <laughs> or after you dust your Let house. You're like, you did it. I'm pretty sure he ate and then head off because it was like a 13 mile bike ride and then he was going into the canyons. Or it might have been, I think it was a 17 mile bike ride and then he was going into the canyon. So I think he ate at camp. And then got ready to go. So around 9.15, he headed for Blue John Canyon, which is a slot canyon. A slot canyon is a long, narrow channel or drainage way with sheer rock walls. So basically, it's like a crack in the canyon. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically a long, narrow, open tunnel that are much deeper than they are wide. Blue John Canyon is 11 miles long with passageways as narrow as three feet wide. No, thank crack. you. So that's 11 miles of just a crack? Well, the it gets as narrow as three feet. Okay. So some spots are more open, but then some of the other spots are as narrow as three feet wide. But yeah, pretty much you have to like work your way down into the canyon, go through it, and then you can either climb back up or go back and go up the other way. So Aaron makes his way into the canyon. While he was descending to the lower stretches of the slot canyon, a suspended boulder became dislodged. And in order to protect himself from the rock coming down on him, he raised his arms above his head. The boulder smashed his left hand and then crushed his right hand against the canyon wall. His right arm, about halfway up his forearm, was crushed in between the wall of the canyon and the 800-pound tire-sized boulder. You good, Tiff? Nope. Okay, well, have your disgust go into the mic, please. I'm sorry. (laughs) She didn't want her wet mouth noises going into the... (laughs) It was a very wet noise that came out. It was just a bunch of bleh, bleh. Oh, That's a heavy boulder. Did he not tell anyone he was doing this? No. What? It's an eight-hour trip. Tweet about it. <laughs> it's 2003. Send a carrier pigeon. I don't know. <laughs> well, this is supposed like, to be, for him, this is supposed to be like a relatively easy So? Like thing. a training thing. Like training for his big When adventure. I go to the grocery store, at least one person knows I'm going to the grocery store. And even if it's just so I can say, fuck, I have to go to the grocery store now <laughs> like some sort of damn adult. Like, why do people not know where you are? Okay, to be what fair. What if you get kidnapped by a rock? <laughs> <laughs> kidnapped by a rock? Yeah, he's being held captive against his will. <laughs> Technically, he was kidnapped by a rock. That's true, because the rock gave out from underneath him and then trapped him. So, I mean, okay. Kidnapped by a rock. Surprise rock. Oh, do-do-do-do. Coming down, but to bay, 800 pounds, bus size tire. Surprise rock. Surprise! (laughs) You're mine now. Don't take it for granted. (laughs) (laughs) It was sandstone, ma'am. So, after a few minutes of trying to move his arm or lift the boulder, Aaron realized he was stuck. With no cell phone and no one around... He was stuck in a hundred foot deep cavern that was 20 miles from the nearest paved road. Jesus Christ. We're not tell people where you're going. No. No, this is, that's terrible. Oh my God, no. Maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't want it, but you know, he was, like I said, this was easy to him. 
Yeah, that's kind of like, okay, I'm not going to, well, I will because I am very needy and need people to know every moment of my waking day. But like if I wanted to take my daughter and go hike Kennesaw Mountain, right? we would just go. We would see it on Instagram, ma'am. After the fact. After the fact. But I mean, this was just like what he did. Like he was just and I'm sure someone knew he was probably going for a hike or going for a climb or whatever, but he didn't give anybody like specifics. Isn't that like rule 101 with hiking? Like tell people where, where you're, you're going be? because if Sasquatch eats you, you need to know where you are. If Sasquatch, well, if Sasquatch eats you, there's no hope in doing anything about it. You've been you done been yeeted by the Squatch. But like there's a difference between like if someone knows you're supposed to be back at a certain time and you're not. Well, he didn't, and you'll find out what happened because of it. Let this be a story of... A cautionary tale. A cautionary tale. Don't hike, but if you do... <laughs> if you're going to play in a crack, make sure someone knows what you're doing. If you're going to play in a crack, have someone have your back. Hey! No solo crack play. Oh, well. <laughs> so, as he planned on this being a quick and easy trip, he didn't tell anyone where he was headed. Assuming that he would die without intervention, he spent five days slowly sipping the small amount of remaining water, approximately 350 milliliters, and slowly eating his small amount of food. Five days? See, the thing for Tiffany isn't so much, you know, the great bodily injury. It's the fact that she's by herself for five days. days. I can't do it. No. (laughs) The thought, like, oh, it it makes me feel worse than thinking about deep space (laughs) being alone for five days. Alone for five days is not going to work for me. I'm sorry. Sorry, Boulder. This isn't going to cut it. Boulder. So after two days spent chipping away at the rock with his multi-tool and devising a clever but futile system of pulleys with his climbing clips and ropes, he was defeated. Because the climbing rope is stretchy, he could not obtain the required tension to move the 800-pound boulder. He didn't expect to survive. As he attempted to stay warm using anything he had on hand to keep warm, as he was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. He tied his ropes around his arms and as a scarf. He covered his body with a plastic bag that he had in his backpack. He put his backpack over his head. He was basically just trying to stay warm because the temperature drops like more than half in the desert Mm -hmm. at night. So after three days of trying to lift and break the boulder, the dehydrated and delirious Ralston prepared to amputate his trapped arm. You good, Tiff? Yep, yep. Keep going. After waking, he discovered that his arm had begun to decompose due to lack of circulation yeah, and became happens. desperate to tear it off. He only has the multi-tool. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> After experimenting with tourniquets and having made superficial cuts to his forearm, he realized that in order to free his arm, he was going to have to cut through the bone, but the tools available were insufficient to do so. Question. When's that trigger warning? coming (laughs) wait it hasn't what (laughs) distraught and delirious aaron ralston resigned himself to his fate he used the dual tools dual dull dull tools (laughs) dull dull this is not dull whip (laughs) he used his dull tools to carve his name into the canyon wall along with his birth date the day's date which he presumed to be his date of death and the letters r.i.p Oh no! That, uh, why does why is my first thought that seems a little dramatic? But I also know the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> then he used his video camera to tape goodbyes to his family and attempt to sleep. 
He began hallucinating and had a vision of himself playing with a future child while missing part of his right arm. Quote, I see myself in this out-of-body experience playing with him with a handless right arm. I see myself scoop him up and there's this look in his eyes. Daddy, can we play now? That look tells me that this is my son. This is the future. I'm going to have this experience someday. Now it's like I'm going to get through this night. That is the sweetest and saddest thing I've ever heard. I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) You guys challenged this for me. She, she did it. You are for this, ma'am. Ralston credited this as giving him the belief that he would live. Okay, we're getting to the fun part now. (laughs) Wonder what that could be. Trigger warning, trigger warning. This gets gross. (laughs) Rebecca just cut that in place if we're needed. (laughs) It's going to go ahead and hold on to that one. Knowing that he wouldn't be able to use the blunt multi-tools and knife, he decided to use it like a dagger and jammed it into his arm. When the blunt knife pierced his skin, it came to rest against solid bone. Ralston thought there was no chance he could perform the gruesome amputation that would save his life. Finally, on the fifth day of him being trapped, he brushed some grit from his trapped thumb, so the hand that was stuck Mm -hmm. wedged between the boulder, and a sliver of flesh peeled off like, quote, the skin of boiled milk. (laughs) You could do. She's just spinning her head around in a circle. I don't think she can decide if she's okay or not. Keep going. That's the most awful description I've ever heard. Keep going. It gets gross. Boiled milk. Quote, I'm like, what the? I take my knife and I'm poking a bit more and the knife. Go for it. It's fine. Just slips into the meat of my thumb like it's going through room temperature butter. But butter. Butter. (laughs) Like it's going through room temperature butter disgusting my hand has almost jellified yeah it's dead this is all a quote from him so don't come at me the knife tip goes in and the gases from decomposition escape and there is a putrid smell (laughs) we broke tip (laughs) we broke tip I go into this rage. I'm in hyper emotion. Hi- I'm in this hyper emotional state after all the regimented discipline to keep it together. In this moment, when I'm trying to rip my arm out of the rock, I feel it bend and it stops me. That's it. I can use the boulder to break the bones. Oh shit! Yeah. Ralston then had the epiphany that he could break his radius and ulna bones using torque against his trapped arm in the boulder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He contorted his body in a way that allowed his body to fall back and he felt and heard the bones in his arms snap. Quote, this pow sound echoed through the canyon. I've broken those bones before. I don't remember it for a reason. Fair. I I mean, also five. But to be fair, if you were trapped in a canyon for five days. Question. Those bones you mentioned, do you know what they are? What? It's the two bones that go up your forearm. It's the forearm bones. I'm just making sure that she said radius and ulna, which tells us the fact that there's two bones where they are in the arm. Yeah, sure. I totally picked up on that. Keep going. Okay. Question. Do you know where those bones are? (laughs) Bitch, I do now. (laughs) He then amputated his forearm with his (laughs) multi-tool. Stabbing himself in the arm with the dull two-inch knife and using the pliers for the tougher tendons. Uh, He left his arteries for last, knowing that after he severed them, he wouldn't have much time. 
The process took over an hour, during which time he used the tubing from his camelback as a tourniquet. Question. Do you think that if you were in this position, the adrenaline from having to do that plus five days of dehydration and no food and just the like the state your mind's in, do you think you'd feel that stuff or would it just be like... Oh, no. He said he felt it. Oh, shit. I think I would have given up two days and my body would just quit. Fair. Uh, pre-bug, I would agree with you. If I was out doing this now that I had a kid, I would do whatever I had to do to get out of there. Valid. Sorry, Gus. Capone. <laughs> I have a you kid have your house. You have to tell us where you're going, though, so we can feed your cats. Like, I have a choice. <laughs> right? And I have a key to your house. I'll take care of them. Don't worry. R.I.P. I love you. It <laughs> <laughs> has dibs on your cats. So, quote, as painful as it was, the momentum of the euphoria was driving it. After freeing himself, he wrapped the plastic bag and pieces of his climbing rope to create a bandage around his arm. He then climbed out of the 100-foot deep canyon, rappelled down a 65-foot wall, and then hiked out of the canyon. He was eight miles from his vehicle and had no phone. Eight miles with your artery severed. Holy shit. However, after only six miles of hiking, he encountered a family on vacation from the Netherlands. Oh, that poor family. <laughs> Eric and Monica. I should have looked that up. Mayer? Sure. Mayer? M-E-I-J-E-R. And their son, Andy, were hiking through the desert. They gave him Oreos and water and hurried to alert. Alert? Why can't I not talk? Alert. 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 <laughs> this man has no arm. Alert. If you guys want that as your text tone, message me. <laughs> alert, alert. It's time to wake up. Alert. Um, so they went to alert the authorities. Ralston had feared he would bleed to death. At this point, he had lost 40 pounds, including 25% of his blood volume. Okay, but like how much of that 40 pounds was, was his forearm? <laughs> 40 Fair. pounds in five days. Well, you have to think about how dehydrated he was. He True. lost a ton of blood. Yeah. He, again, probably lost five, six pounds. Five, six pounds in just your form? Bitch, that's why my weight is where it's at. Wait, no. What? He was a climber and pretty muscularly toned. Got it, got it. So he probably had a bit heavier of a forearm than you. I'm because not going to so remember. Skinny. And on top of that, <laughs> if you have that high of a muscle mass, you're probably, especially if you're a guy, just like leaner, which means you're not going to have the stores available to keep you alive for longer. Thanks, Tommy. We got this. We can go five <laughs> days. <laughs> Physically, yes. Emotionally, eh. <laughs> I would be like uh, James Franco, where he's like screaming at the birds flying over. I'm like, hey, come be my friend. <laughs> Fuck you, drones. <laughs> Go tell someone about me. I know you're watching. I know you're watching. <laughs> I see you, Biden. Come get Come me. Come get me. Hashtag dying. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag LOL dying. <laughs> LOL, but not really. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag send LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should not go outside ever. <laughs> Let's go for a hike, guys. Hashtag no. where's my charcuterie? <laughs> oh god what i would do for some cheese right now <laughs> just not the cheese that he stuck his knife through <laughs> ma'am that was a good old-fashioned i made you i needed to not be on the floor <laughs> that's a lot of wasted whiskey <laughs> oh, okay i don't know where i am <laughs> bird charcuterie. Hashtag send charcuterie okay 
Rescuers that were searching for Ralston, because they were alerted by his family at this point that he was missing, had narrowed the search down to the canyon lens, and he was picked up by helicopter in a wide area of the canyon. So when the family ran off to go find somebody to help, they said, we have this guy. They said his name is Aaron. And they were like, oh, my God, we're looking for an Aaron. What a coinkydink. And then <laughs> here comes the helicopter. <laughs> Following his rescue, his severed hand and forearm were retrieved from under the boulder by park authorities. Oh, my God. Please tell me he kept it. According to television presenter Tom Brokaw, it took 13 men, a winch, and a hydraulic jack to move the boulder just enough that his arm could be removed. It's 800 pounds. Wedged in between a 100 that's, foot yeah, deep Yeah, if that's canyon. wedged correctly, it doesn't matter what sort of equipment you have if you just don't have like the right physics and statics to move it. Is it but statics isn't real, Shut so up. that doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, if he couldn't move it, I'm shocked that they could. Tom Brokaw doesn't lie. He doesn't? I don't know. He I seems don't know reputable. much about him. Everyone either. lies like when you said you were fine with this episode. <laughs> and then spit whiskey on the floor. <laughs> I caught it in my hand. Thank you. Classy. Classy. So his arm was cremated and the ashes were given to Ralston. So there wasn't really a whole lot to keep. They just kind of did what they could with the remains. So in the days and weeks after the accident, more than 500 articles worldwide and hundreds of TV and radio news segments recounted the gruesome details of Ralston's self-rescue. Yeah, I kind of remember when that happens. Very faintly, because I was too cool for the news at that point. Even then, I, I didn't know the word for fuck, because, huh, Christian household. Earmuffs! <laughs> I was still like... What, what the, the fuck? <laughs> right? Yeah. What the earmuffs, man? What That's the earmuffs, crazy. man? <laughs> what the big people word? So he returned to the accident scene with Tom Brokaw and a camera crew six months later. On October 27th, 2003, his 28th birthday. To film a Dateline NBC special about the accident in which he scattered the ashes of his arm there saying that's where they belong. Since the accident occurs, he has made numerous appearances in the media. Um, he was on The Late Show with David Letterman. He was one of GQ's Men of the Year. He was the People and Vanity Fair's People of 2003, Today Show, Ellen, etc., etc. I mean, honestly, if I had to eat one of my body parts and could mon monotonize. Monetize? Monetize. Yeah. Thank you. If I could monetize it, yeah, why not? Even if it's as a warning, like, don't be me. But, like, the five days thing... Can we make it a little quicker? Well, yeah, like that. I if I had a choice to not to do it in Can the first place. Can you just place. put me to sleep and take it off, and we'll act like I okay. had some dramatic um, story? First choice is to not do it in the first place. Yeah. Second choice is to monetize it. <laughs> I would monetize. I want to find another way to monetize. I'll get back to you on that. I like my arms. So he documented his experience in an autobiographical book titled "Between a Rock and a Hard Place." <laughs> a plus, dude. And he's now. Do you get a handle on the situation? <laughs> just one and now he is a motivational speaker in 2010 the movie documentary titled 127 hours starring james franco which i think he might be slightly problematic now i meant to look into that but we're just gonna say before i was a big fan of him i don't know if it's a good thing to say now or not uh but it was released and it's received praise for its brutal truth and honest depiction of what ralston went through Ralston called it, quote, so factually accurate, it's as close to a documentary you can get and still be a drama. He admits to months of frustration with his prosthetic arm, but sees it as his salvation. It was getting my life back, he says. After the exhilaration of the rescue, you might expect Ralston to suffer depression, but he didn't, at least not immediately. 
fearing that the loss of my identity as a self-resilient individual as an outdoorsman, he said, he regained all of that. So basically, like, because he was able to go through with that, he could do anything at this point. Yeah. Except clap. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was your worst one, hands down. Hey. (laughs) Damn, that was good. But he is honest enough to admit that the downside of the fact that the supposedly life-changing experience did not actually change his life. What did I do? In the years following my amputation, I thought, it won't, I won't let it change me. I just want to be the guy I was before and prove that I am still this hard hero. It's almost pathetic to the extent that what I really needed was a humbling and what happened, it just got reinforced. I'm a fucking badass. I just got out of that. Nothing's going to stop me. I... Except gravity and a boulder. I mean, gravity and a boulder didn't stop him. But what ultimately humbled me was through a relationship, a girl that broke up with me. Oh, oh, now he's starting to sound like Tiffany. What? (laughs) Ego is so big. Wait, you don't like this? (laughs) It was not the loss of his right arm, but the breakup in 2006 that caused a really deep depression. He felt crushed to the core, he said. He began questioning whether he was worth anything if he was not lovable. Belatedly, he realized that it was love and relationships that lead you to strength and confidence and courage and perseverance and everything that people attribute to his story. In the aftermath of his depression, he met his wife and she challenged him to implement what challenged me to implement what I had learned that relationships are really important in this life. And this is how you transform from being an ego driven 20 something into being, if possible, on the path at least to becoming a more mature guy. The vision that Ralston credits for saving his life came true. In 2010, Ralston's wife, Jessica, gave birth to a baby boy, Leo. Oh, yay. (laughs) That hurts my ovaries. It makes me so happy. After his recovery, he continued to climb mountains, including Aconqua in 2005 and in 2008, Ojo del Salado in Chile. In Chile? Chile and Monte he climbed mountains. Uh-huh. And a mountain in Argentina. Beautiful. In 2005, Ralston became the first person to climb all 59 of Colorado's Fortiners solo in, nope, Fortiners solo in winter, a project that he started in 1997. Uh, in Blue John Canyon, he also has a literal touchstone, the rock that crushed and trapped him. He still visits it. Quote, I touch it and go back to that place, remembering when I thought about what's important in life, relationships. And this quest to want to get out of there and return to love and relationships. To return to freedom instead of entrapment. Damn. Nobody died. I was expecting something soft and fluffy with nobody dying, but kudos to you for (laughs) fucking that up. Nobody said it had to be soft and fluffy. You just said nobody could die. I know. Which, considering the messages I got, oh, fuck. How do I do this? Oh, fuck. How do I do this? What did you Google? You never told us. People who escaped death. Ah, (laughs) smart. (laughs) 10 out of the 10 on originality. (laughs) I was like, not death. Not death. Nope, that person dies. Nope. Well, I'll come back to that one later. Nope, you... Damn it. Why is everybody dying? Ha ha. People who didn't die, Google. <laughs> Tell me about them. 
And Kuru's just like, are you okay? Your cookies indicate this is not what you want. <laughs> it is. It is. I want it so bad. <laughs> well, kudos, I guess. Thanks. I am so proud of you. That was fantastic and deeply disturbing, and I greatly appreciate it. Thanks. So that was the movie I was trying to finish watching when I got here that I kept trying to run away from your child as he was cutting his arm off in a canyon. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> I was like, I will be right there. I'll write. I need you to stay over there. I'll be right there. Just give me a sec. When she was like, I come sit over here. And you were like, yeah, I'll sit across from you. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to sit in that chair you pointed out, but I will sit directly across from you as I watch this person cut their arm off. Pretty much. So I see she gets her ability to like pick up on hints from her mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Accurate. <laughs> but yeah. Exciting. Okay. Uh, nobody's. Now, since uh, only our Discord knows what's going on at this point, we are halfway to completing a task. Mm, what is mm, our task, mm, Ashley? Mm, mm, mm. To do subjects that we wouldn't normally cover so that we can make someone do a subject that they would never cover? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Rebecca dug a hole. Yeah. So Rebecca made the mistake of saying that if Ashley covered a topic where nobody died, she would cover something that makes her deeply uncomfortable. They expanded that, which listening back to the clip, you guys definitely expanded. I don't appreciate that. (laughs) I have to cover either an ocean or a space topic to complete the mission. So I will next week. So uh, look forward to a lovely round where Ashley did something unusual, but not quite because she still managed to make everyone cringe. You're welcome. Oh, don't eat while you listen to that. Maybe (laughs) (laughs) Um, we are like. 40 minutes into the recording, which means that's going to be about minute 31 when they hear that. You know, after Sorry. listening to the episode for 31 minutes, because that's how I did time say works. it's going to get gross. So yeah, just fair. put that where it needs to go. <laughs> anyway, Let's so. Start uh, the episode with that. Don't eat. Don't put that eat. where that needs to go. <laughs> but uh, next week, look forward to space or ocean and lots of me being cringy so yay yay how's that different from every other i was about to say you were just cringy oh my god i spit whiskey into (laughs) my hand it was a problem something about a cheese hand it just does not sit right oh it was butter it was butter it wasn't even cheese it was like butter so on that note no put your hand down rebecca gross what is this (laughs) that's her butter hand Is that what we're going to do when we get uncomfortable now we're recording? Just put up our butter hands? Tiffany, this is an audio format. No one knows what you're talking about. Rebecca's being rude. Take my strong hand. It smells like butter. On that note. It's unsalted. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that had to be a sweaty incident. Very salted butter hand. You think? Yeah. Oh, God. Stop it, Rebecca. Oh, God. Yeah, think about it. Because of how sweaty it would get there. And on that note, Butter-thumb. everybody has something they find odd. Like Butter-thumbs. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, links can be found on our website, The Ladies of Strange. What? Right? com, Or you can email them, them to us. us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on iTunes or your, you know, podcatcher of choice. Keep it strange, lovey. Loveys? Loveys! <laughs> I've had bourbon. 
Keep it strange, lovelies. Keep it strange, lovelies. High five. No! Oh, 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 o